DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined by former BYU wide receiver Dylan Colley. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with the free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing well. It's a bye week. BYU can put their feet up. No, that would never happen. They're going to work, and they're going to keep getting better. <laughs> what really happens on a bye week? Yeah, uh, it is, it is, it's a good week. It's a fun week, um, as long as you're winning and things are going well, right? Uh, you know, first couple days, either some teams do it on the front end, some teams do it on the back end, but basically you're going reviewing the game film uh, from the previous week, uh, you know, the, the lifting is kind of ramped up just a little bit because you're not uh, really physically getting after it near as much. Practices are shortened. Um, a really, it really is kind of a good opportunity, especially for the scout team and walk-on players, um, to get a lot more live action. There's generally a, a scout bowl that happens every year. Um, and so it's a, it's a good time. Oh, and this is BYU too, so there should be a lot of marriage proposals, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Just getting ready for those December weddings. You know what I mean? I knew you'd play long. <laughs> <laughs> Who's course. playing, right, Dylan? Who's playing? <laughs> oh, brother! So four years back, I think it was, you made uh, this big definitive statement about Zach Wilson that he's going to be as good as anybody played at BYU and goes up and we know what happened there. Uh, what do you think about Jaron Hall? Because i got people at BYU telling me that this kid is really, he's great now and he's going to be even better. Yeah, uh, and, and I genuinely do believe that. And I think, you know, we kind of talked about this early on in the season, but the potential that Jaron has is you know, the, the ceiling is extremely, extremely high, right? And the expectation that everyone has seen and held Jaron to is much, much higher than anybody else would because, one, BYU fans and the culture already have the stigma of holding their, you know, quarterbacks to a, a Heisman year every single year. Um, but even more so coming on after Zach, right, there is this level of expectation. And so... Um, if you don't think that Jaron hasn't performed to the level that he should be, right, you're, you're dreaming. Um, because, you know, the guy's played in, what, eight games in his college career <laughs> after, you know, uh, going through having the inconsistencies last year and, and coming off of his mission. And this is the first time we've really been able to see him at, you know, full capacity and, and doing it banged up like many people are. But, I honestly think where he's at right now is in a really, really good place of, of growth opportunity. I think he's going to finish out the season extremely strong. And what we'll see next year is a huge definitive level up from where he's even at today. I think, I think next year you'll have a really, really clear idea of how good Jaron Hall really is. So while Jaron is a sophomore and BYU fans can dream about uh, two more years of uh, excellence in Provo, there's also the line of thinking that, well, Jaron doesn't actually think all these Britain Covey or old jokes are that funny because he doesn't think Britain's that old. Right. 
So, at what point should he be advised to go to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I personally believe that, like I'm saying, I, I think next year is a great opportunity for Jaron to go to the to go to the next level if he performs to the level that he's capable of. If he can play consistent, if he can play healthy, right? He's going to put himself in a really good position to. And am I sitting here saying the guy's you know going to be a top ten pick? No, absolutely not. But I think going into next season and after a successful season, he's going to find himself in a position where he's going to be able to, you know, play a lot of football um, for the years that he does have and, you know, set himself up for for a really, really good future. Um, But, you know, do I think holding off for the next two years, right, and waiting until he is a senior, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it. How about Algier? It seems like he's got to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, no questions asked, especially as a running back. Your your lifespan as a running back is just so short, especially in today's game. So to not take full advantage of it uh, in the prime where your health has been, you know, you're, you're in great health, right? You're strong. You're faster, only going to get, you know, your fastest is only going to get faster and, and you're strong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk. Uh, I wouldn't risk that at all. Anybody else you think is leaving early, or should leave early, or maybe shouldn't leave early, but you think they will? Uh, I, to be honest with you, outside of those two guys, if anybody left early, I think it would be a uh, it would be a mistake in terms of you know maybe what their expectations are. How about right? Puka though? If they have. I think Puka has has one more year in him, and don't get me like I'm. That's not saying Puka isn't like Puka's. Uh, Puka is that next level strength already. I think there are refining, you know, there are refining factors in his game that if he has one more year, uh, will greatly attribute to him. Puka Nakua being a first round pick is not out of the question. Yeah, I see some Austin in him, and. He didn't go on a mission, so he doesn't have the age thing working against him. Mm-hmm. So he could easily come back and still not be considered. Although I think it's stupid if somebody's twenty-three versus twenty-one. What the crap is the difference? Right. If you give somebody ten years, who cares? And when the average lifespan in the league isn't even four full seasons, but I think that uh, since he didn't go on a mission, uh, that could work towards his benefit of coming back next year. Particularly if Jaron Hall comes back, because then you got your quarterback back. Mm-hmm. And you guys were thrown together a little bit in the offseason for the first time. Well, it only stands to reason that next year you'd have a better season and there'd be a better connection between the two. I could not agree more. I mean, I think there was a reason that you had Max Austin and Dennis and Harvey in the position that they were their junior years um, and, the, and the benefit that that was to to Austin, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's got to be the plan. Um, and, you know, Puka is going to leave <laughs> the year after being the highest pick, picked receiver from, from BYU. We're joined right now by Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. 
PK was talking about how there is some belief around the BYU program that the uh, New Year's Six Bowls are not completely off the table. There is a chance there, and I suppose the most obvious path, Cincinnati has been flirting with disaster here in the regular season. If they lose a regular season game and then lose to a good team in the conference title game, that's two losses. That would seem to be BYU's best path to a New Year's Six, assuming the Cougars went out. What do you think the odds are? Had you really considered that? What do you think? Um, I, I, I honestly haven't considered it. I, you know, that would be that would be awesome. I think in order for that truly to happen, there cannot be if there is a close call, right? You know, obviously, if they don't beat Georgia Southern by thirty, right, and you know, if they go into the USC game and they beat USC, uh, and I'm not saying handedly, right, like by 30 points, but if there's a definitive difference in the two teams to where you can tell BYU is, is that, you know, top tier, they deserve the respect that, that they're getting, um, I think putting them into a New Year's Six Bowl would be would be a good idea. I think it'd be phenomenal for the bowl game itself um, and the attention that, you know, it's going to bring. Um, but, you know, I think there's, there's contracts for a reason. And to be honest with you, for me as a person, and I'm thinking about next season already and, and what the potential is. Meaning that the bowl game doesn't really matter to you that much? Is that the point? Yeah. Like, I'm already, I'm already strung on the, uh, the Independence Bowl. And I think that may be because of the lack and respect that is generally put towards BYU, right? I think if they go in, they beat Georgia Southern by 30, they beat USC, and it's a pretty handed physical win, you know, made by two touchdowns. Uh, I'm used to that being still, hey, BYU doesn't deserve the respect that they're getting, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just not used to saying, yeah, you know what? Like, playoff rankings and the committee, everyone's going to be like, yeah, this is a really good idea. Let's put them in there. You know, I think we've already seen issues that have come out of the committee, and I don't trust them for anything. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather go back to that computer algorithm we were working with a couple of years ago. Yeah, who knows, man? It, it, it's it's impossible to figure out. At least if you had the uh, what would be you know twelve teams. I'm sure the 13th team is going to wind. It's just like with the college basketball tournament, who's yeah. ever the 69th team, and when it was 64, the 65th team. There's always somebody that winds, but when you put in more teams, the credibility of the whiner gets reduced because if you've had ample time to make your mark and you didn't and somebody voted exactly. out, well, that's sort of on you as opposed to this year. I mean, right now, and we, we saw in the first uh, poll – with uh, Cincinnati being out, Oklahoma being out, and Oregon being in, which I was surprised Oregon was in. I didn't, and they're going to stay in, obviously. Uh, and, and well, they got the big game next week against the Utes. They got Washington State this yeah. week, so they could possibly lose. But I was, in, in a sense, I was surprised that the Pac-12 slash Oregon got so much respect. But then I stepped back and thinking, well, what they're doing indirectly is just paying enormous amount of respect to Ohio State. Once again. Yep. Yeah. I, I think there are two ends of the spectrum on that, right? You're giving enormous amount of respect to Ohio State, but I also genuinely believe that on the back end, they're also giving the respect as a whole, you know, the coaches, the AP poll, right, the playoff rankings to, to Fresno State. 
right, and, and the game that, that that Fresno State was able to put together against them. And so because they're, you know, equaling out both sides of that, um, I think I think Oregon is in a, a very good position to be where they are. Now, their chances of, of losing and blowing that opportunity up are typical, especially going into the Civil War uh, with Oregon State. Um, but that's something that is, is definitely up in the air at all costs. I think those bottom the, the three and four are as open as open gets right now. Okay. You buying Oklahoma to go undefeated? Because if they do, they get one of those spots, but they've had a lot of close games and they've still got some, some quality opponents to play. I don't think so. I don't think they get in. I think that there is, and if they do, if they get in and they win out, I think Caleb Williams is probably the most important thing that's happened to that program in quite a few years. Uh, and he sets himself up to be kind of the next Oklahoma quarterback that, you know, finds himself in the Heisman conversation as a young player and, and on to be a, a, a top draft pick. Um, because what that dude has been able to come and do for that team and the talent that he's been able to play at after all the pressure with, you know, the whole Spencer Rattler debacle, uh, you know, that's, that's unbelievable. Like, that is unbelievable the way that he's come in and played. And so I think, you know, if they, if they do win out, you can, you can attribute that to, to the talent and, and ability of, of Caleb Williams. Seems like BYU is getting the ball rolling a little bit better on recruiting in terms of either guys who have high school kids who've committed and then decommit and then decide on BYU. We'll see if they eventually sign, but also some transfers. Now, my thought for you, do you think going forward that BYU will be able to get more of those dudes right off the bat as opposed to either a high school kid making a commitment someplace else and decommitting or a transfer going someplace else and then coming to BYU? I think the transfer going someplace else and then coming to BYU. Uh, I think that culture, which was has been kind of set by Pope and the basketball team, is already kind of trickling over into the football program. And I think that's going to be something that BYU cashes in on in both sports in a major way for years to come. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of top talents that come in and, and are effective. Um, and I think ultimately that's, what guys want to see is how productive can I be in a program as a graduate transfer and what is it going to propel me to do? Uh, That's something that that BYU has done a great job of. And I think they're just going to continue to, you know, build that out. You think BYU is more likely to land guys who um, we've never heard of, who are somewhere else who think I'm going to go to BYU, big 12 playing time. And, uh, and for a year and take my shot? Or do you think it's going to be more the guys we have heard of, there's more in-state than players than ever going out of state for school, but they decide to come home at some point? More the Puka Nakua story. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's going to be the guys that we've never heard of. I think it's going to be the Tysons, right, of, of the world that, you know, aren't from Utah, right, maybe from East Coast guys that are now seeing the benefit that it is to come to, to BYU. And most importantly, what you're saying is the trust that these guys have in Kalani, A-Rod, right, uh, the offensive staff and the defensive staff, because what they're telling them is actually coming to fruition, right? 
and they're making it a priority now to where when transfers are coming in, you know, there's a reason that they're bringing them in. They're not bringing them in, uh, you know, to to run fake jet sweeps, uh, but they're bringing them in to make them the, the focus point of, of the offense. So you want to go out and run some 30-yard dashes with me today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd give you eight of them. I'd give you eight good ones. <laughs> Was it always the same, like, uh, we'll, we'll just go with uh, the home stadium. Was it always west to east, or was it ever east to west? No, that was definitely, it was definitely both sides. It was okay. like half-gassers. Okay, okay Lou. Touch the line, come on back. <laughs> Did you even bother to go downfield after the ball was snapped? Did you stand over there? <laughs> no, that was the only. That was like the, That was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. It was like, hey, if nothing's open down deep, I might get the check down. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just sit here on the numbers and wait. <laughs> well, you had to collect your breath by then. Now, <laughs> now, if you do this in several stadiums, you know some stadiums are 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 flat, some are crowned for drainage. Do you ever find yourself having to pull up running downhill because you're just picking up speed and running downhill? I think I think the bigger problem was the going uphill issue. Right? <laughs> At the start trying of the jet sweep. Trying to make the rounded cut to get away from the quarterback and the you know not mess up the handoff mesh uh, for the running back. That's where the real worry was. <laughs> you should a couple times just see if anybody noticed, just keep running into the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was third and eighteen, coach. I didn't think we were converting. It's getting out of the way for the punt team. Checking down anyway. What's the difference? I'll hang yeah, back in case right. there's a pick return. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it was jet it was, sweep humor will never grow old. The classics no, never grow old. All right, Dylan, we will let you go. We appreciate the time, and uh, enjoy the bye week, and uh, we will talk to you when you're getting BYU all prepped for the big game at Georgia Southern. <laughs> yep, no question. We'll all talk right. later. Thanks, Dylan. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, <laughs> former jet sweep decoy, joining us here on The Zone. Everybody's got a role. Yep. Not everybody can touch the ball every play. Right. You know? There's really only one guy who touches the ball every play. That's the center. With these wildcats and whatnot, you never can't know. even guarantee the quarterback anymore. Right, you never know. Right, that was so. Everyone's got a role. You got to fulfill your role, and you were the jet sweep, fake jet sweeper, or is it uh, jet sweep faker? <laughs> what would it be? Where would we put in faker? You worry about that during the break. <laughs> Let us know on the other side. Coming up, we're giving away jazz tickets to Jazz and the Hawks tonight. Jazz getting ready for a week full. Well, more than a week full of home games. They're going to be home a lot the rest of the month. But we got tickets to tonight's game to see Atlanta and the Jazz. Atlanta's 4-7 and seven, off to a bad start after a good playoff run. 1-6 and six on the road. Lost at Golden State last night. Steph Curry went for 50, and they got beat. They're going back-to-back against the Jazz tonight. We'll give you tickets to the game. Coming up in our very next segment. Stay with us on the other side. We'll be talking hoops with John Judkins. Dixie State men's basketball head coach is going to get an up-close and personal look at Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. We'll talk with him next. Stay with us.